0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the show. Today in space, we're going to be talking about Blue Origins and how they just did another historic launch and landing, and we'll explain what's so awesome about that, uh, and more about just the space race that's happening right now, the the private space race. Uh, Then we'll also talk about, you know, a little bit of what's been up with me. We'll talk about last weekend with the snowstorm and some other stuff, uh, some more on the second shift life. I'll talk to you about some of the 3D printing projects that I've got going on and explain that uh, to you guys, and uh, we're going to talk about what I think, in my opinion, is the most important thing that you need if we're going to start living and working in space. Okay, think. What do you think? Most important thing on board a spaceship that you would need. Don't worry, we'll get into it later, and we'll cover everything about it. And remember, uh, if you love what we're doing here and you want to help support the show, go use our Amazon link uh, that's on this episode or on uh, any, uh, sorry, the homepage at todayinspace.net forward slash home. And uh, basically just do your online shopping with Amazon as usual after clicking that link and it helps support us because Amazon kicks us back a little bit for sending you to them. So it's easy as that and we can keep doing all the awesome stuff we're doing here, uh, spreading love, spreading science and all that crazy shit Let's get into this episode and have a great time, everybody. Let's go today in space. Welcome, everybody to another episode uh so glad to have you here it's been one hell of a week uh to keep you guys updated let's let's go for it real quick second shift still going it's still going good um like i said you know just trying to get trying to keep my schedule so that i get stuff done before and after work uh and that's really just to keep myself motivated you know i mean it's very easy to slip into you know Oh, this sucks, or oh, this isn't what I would like to do, and be very childish, but, you know, let's be honest, you know, I'm an adult now, I have to grow up a little bit, right? In this area, work, yeah, I think I can grow up there. Everywhere else, I can still be immature, but work, I gotta, I gotta be mature. So, um, I've been getting a lot done. Um, last weekend, uh, I had to go down to the end of my street to, uh, help, uh, uh, an officer and uh, somebody else who had pulled over to help people up and down, well, mostly up the hill uh, that's right at the end of my street. It's right off a major highway in Mass. And uh, it always, whenever we get a lot of snow real quick, it always just gets backed up with people. The town actually put a barrel of sand and ice at the top, well, basically the top of the hill, so that if someone gets stuck, you know, they have the stuff there. But uh, yeah, no, it took. You know, I was probably out there for like a half an hour helping just push the cars and then also kind of telling people, hey, you know, keep the wheel straight. You know, it's uh, <laughs> it's, it's storms like that that, you know, the people aren't from around there uh, when they they just don't know, how to, don't know how to drive in the snow. You know, got to keep momentum. You got to keep moving. Got to keep the wheels straight, you know, because even if you turn the wheels, you're still going to be going <laughs> the same direction that you were going in. Uh, until it catches, and then you're just spinning in ice again. So it if if you know how to drive in this weather, it's not that bad, and it is nowhere near what the news and everybody makes it out to seem. But, you know, when you don't know how to drive in snow or ice or slush, then it, even if it's one inch, it might as well be 10 inches, you know? Uh, I mean, we saw that a few years ago. Maybe it was last year or the year before in Atlanta. Uh, they had snow like just a flash snow, and it was barely anything comparable to here. I don't remember the number. I want to say like two, three inches, but like they they shut down the whole city. Atlanta was <laughs> shut down. I think the airport shut down too. You know, it's just when you're not used to it, you you have no idea how to how to react. You have no experience, right? So. As much, you know, as, as, as crappy as it might be to have the snow, I mean, at least know how to deal with it. So, you know, uh, what else? Also, it uh, <laughs> wasn't until the end of the week that I realized I was actually really depressed that the Pats lost this past weekend. Uh, I kind of kind of threw that to the back of my mind and uh, totally forgot about it until I was like, man, I feel like shit. Like, what? what's, what's wrong? Why, why do I feel... So crappy, and I was like, oh, okay. That's, that's why, but, you know. I'm not gonna say much more about it. We lost it is what it is, and uh, we've got next year. Would've been nice to shut up, uh, well, to have the ring, but uh, whatever, man. Whatever. On on to next year, and on to uh, other things. And uh stopling it oh, bother me so much. Anyways, what else? Second shift life. Let's talk about that. Uh, the other thing I've been doing to keep myself going there has been uh, my 3D printing project. So uh, what, okay, phone, quiet. Don't disobey me. Anyways, okay, so 3D printing. Uh, I am on the road to printing ABS. So ABS, what is ABS? It's a plastic stronger than PLA, which I've been using, but PLA is uh, an organic-based plastic. From where it's created from and doesn't release any toxic fumes where ABS does. So there needs to be an enclosure and you need to have a fan that'll exhaust it and filter it. And so that's, that's a project in itself. So, you know, that's, that's been what I've been prepping for. Uh, ABS, uh, if anyone's unfamiliar, uh, it's the same plastic that Legos are made from. So uh, if you have an idea, uh, it's, um, it's pretty cool. Uh, I'm recording everything, so obviously there's there's that. So you'll see it later. But uh, right now, uh, I had to go uh, on the cheap with it. You know, I just don't have the money to. I would love to build one with you know an aluminum frame with the T slots, and you can slide everything and add everything so easily, and do like a like a polycarbonate shield uh, or screen for the glass or what would be the glass. You know that would be great, but. I don't have the money for that, so (laughs) we got to do it a different way. So what I ended up doing was using wood and literally glass. So that's kind of what I did the last uh, week was uh, got the wood cut, um, which is pretty cool. You know, places like Home Depot and Lowe's and stuff like that, uh, depending on your area, you know, not only can you go and buy the wood, but you can have them cut it for you. I mean, it's not perfect. Like, for instance, like some of my wood. Uh, was, you know, let's just say it was supposed to be 25 inches long, right? Like a few of them would be 25 and a few of them would be 25 and a half. So, you know, I got to do a little bit of work afterwards. But when you consider the fact that, you know, it was snowing, I didn't have a saw to do it, and it would have been a pain in the ass Uh, to ha- to get the saw out. I do have a saw, but it's not like Available right now, especially with the snow. It was great. You know, it cost me. I think it was like nineteen bucks total for the wood and to get it cut, and it only was only an hour of my time. So that was really worth it. It really was. Um, The glass uh, I bought uh, also from one of those places and uh, got a glass cutter online, and uh, just did some YouTube searches. I mean, I've never cut glass before, especially not with a hand tool. So. This was how I learned about it. I just YouTubed it, man. There's so much you can learn online. Um, and you watch a bunch of different ones. You can see how, like, different people do it. Um, basically, it's just this little hand-held piece with a little cutter on the end. just a little circular disc, right? You run it across the top once, right? And then you just put something underneath it. Like, I did a little, like, a really small dowel. And you just kind of give it a small tap. And boom, you've got your line. It's nice and straight, So that was really cool. Never did that before. And now what I'm doing is staining the wood, giving it a little good look to it because, you know, it's got to be, you know, it's got to be, it's got to look good. (laughs) You know, wood wood and glass is great, but it just takes a little bit of extra work. So uh, I'm really excited of of how it's coming along. There'll be pictures soon, as soon as I get it done. Just too much to do this week to finish it. Um, I'm also on the road to... 24 hour printing. So what do I mean by that? By that I mean, I can have my printer running and doing prints. And, and, you know, essentially, the idea, making me money, right 24 hours a day. That's huge. But I mean, <laughs> for right now, it's basically so that I don't have to babysit it. Because as we've talked before, you know, I went open source printer. And with some of those projects, you know, you have to do a little, a little more work. It's not just it's it's not like the app it's not the iphone of 3d printers you know it's the it's the customizable android phone that you've got to you know uh program everything in it it'll be more powerful than the iphone in the end you know if we're using this comparison but it takes a little bit more work um so anyways so the power supply not the greatest and there's been some issues uh online that the uh the online community has uh has shared so basically i've got all that stuff done um you know let's let 's talk about the few things that need to get done. number one, the enclosure uh, I got it laser cut uh, a few weeks ago, so that's all set. Thank God um now I can actually start the project because you know the wiring for the switches are all based on the part being put together with the enclosure, so i don 't want to rewire it twice, so I was just waiting for it to get done, but I got to decide whether the plastic is going to be clear, or if it's going to be frosted. I haven't really decided yet. And what does that mean for me, like, work-wise? Basically, I've just got to decide, like, which process I want to do. How much work do I want to put in versus how much do I care that I can see through it? That's pretty much it. So, all things, uh, all great things ready to get done. Um, And again, the wiring, I got to film everything. So, that's what kind of brings me to the paradox of this week, which is... I want to record on my work, and I want to get my work done. So it's this constant balance of, okay, I would love to get that done right now, but it's not going to look good, and I can't record it right now. so you know, so it just it just takes a little bit longer, and that's just that's that's the learning process of this that's you know getting getting better. You know, and it's, it's a, it's just a struggle. So that's, that's one of the things I'm working on. It's, it's fine. (laughs) It's like, I hope, I hope it doesn't sound like I'm, uh, uh, complaining by any means. No, it's just, uh, so many things to do and not enough time to do it. That's, that's, that's what that sound was in my voice. So, uh, yeah, so super cool stuff. Uh, like I said, it's just been me trying to stay motivated during the second shift. And you know this last week I've kinda kind of slipped into a state of late night weirdness. you know I get I get a lot done in the morning and a lot done at night, but i'm I've been staying up later and I'm hitting that three a m edge you know and if i if I slip up, I go right into waking up and going straight to work and then I'll go from like one a m to like seven a m and that'd be fucked. You know, I, that, that screws up my whole schedule You know, it would take an entire weekend Just to adjust back um, But, on on another side Another thing I've noticed uh, My neighborhood is really active On the highway from like 11.45 To 12.30 And then as soon as 12.30 hits Like, it's a ghost town And uh, yeah That's that's about it for this week Sorry, sorry to ramble, just there was so much I had to talk about this week Uh, to catch up, and oh my god, we're 13 minutes, almost 14 minutes in. Okay, so (laughs) let's get into the news on what's good this week in space. Alright, so on January 22nd, 2016, New Shepard, that's Blue Origins rocket, uh, the same New Shepard that became the first rocket to launch and land after going into space, has launched and landed once again. So that was on January 22nd. Uh, The apogee was uh, 3,330, sorry, 333,582 feet, or 101.7 kilometers. And that was above the Kármán line, which, uh, if if, uh, you don't remember, is the line that everyone's decided internationally is the edge of space. So uh, that way you can say, oh, yep, we made it to space. Uh, The crew capsule... Uh, Landed with the help of the retro thrust, which slowed the capsule from 15 miles an hour to 3 miles an hour. And remember, Blue Origins is working diligently to work on human safety in flight to space because their goal is to help bring millions of people who want to live and work in space into space, Uh, which is probably why the rockets are smaller, everything seems more compact, and I think it's also why they're really pushing forward faster than uh, some of the other private companies is they have a very specific market. So and they're not going after, it doesn't seem like they're going after some of the military, like to put satellites up, deliver cargo. Like that's what SpaceX is doing. It seems like Blue Origins is really working towards just bringing humans into space, which I love it. I think it's great. Um, Just the important thing to note is that even though we do have this you know, private space race between SpaceX and Blue Origins, you know, competition is good. You know, this, this is a good thing that's happening. And the best thing about it is it doesn't really matter who wins as long as there's a race happening because they're both working on two different aspects of space travel. So as long as they keep, you know, competing with each other, then it's a win-win for everybody. Uh, As you know, and as Blue Origin says for this uh, last historic event, uh, the first rocket to fly above the Karman line and then land vertically upon the earth is now the first to have done it twice. So after beating SpaceX to the punch the first time, uh, now they've done it a second time. Um, But who knows, maybe. You know, th- this is this is going to be a long race. This is going to be a marathon. It's not going to be a sprint. So, we'll have to see who uh w- what happens in the future. You know, maybe maybe Blue Origin started really quickly, and you know they're who knows what records they have left to beat. But uh it is really cool to see these companies like doing firsts, like literally record books in the future. This is the time they're going to go back to and say. Oh, this is when we first had, you know. They'll just call them rockets at the time, uh, you know. In the future, because every rocket will just be assumed that it lands too, you know. And this is, you know, and that they're reusable, and that you know they're, that'll all be just regular stuff in the future. And we're watching it happen now. So make sure to pay attention to it. It's a lot of cool stuff going on. In other space news, I found a really, really interesting article from uh, Deep Stuff. Dot org or at Deep Stuff uh, on Twitter, and it's this uh, picture from Hubble of this what, what they call a the monstrous cloud that's boomerang or boomeranging back to our galaxy. I, I'm not sure if that's even a word. Anyways, it's coming back into the galaxy at 700,000 miles per hour. Okay. And it's invisible to us. You know, it's, a, it's an immense cloud of hydrogen gas. Um, and it's called the Smith Cloud. Uh, it was found in the 1960s uh, by doctoral astronomy student Gail Smith, uh, who detected the radio waves that were emitted by the hydrogen. So that's, that's how they found it, was through wa- radio wave emissions. right? So the, the cloud itself Is uh, on this collision course to come back into the Milky Way's disk that's our galaxy Um, and it's supposed to do that in about 30 million years so I wouldn't wait up I wouldn't hold your breath but just know it's it's coming back in and one of the really cool things about this cloud other than the discoveries they're finding what it's made of what it what it could be part of where it came from you know how it actually found to be which is all in that article Uh, I thought the the coolest thing about it was that once this comes back into the Milky Way's disk, uh, astronomers believe that it's going to ignite in this crazy burst of a star formation and might even have enough gas to make two million suns. So that's just two million suns. So this thing is massive. Uh, It's... Let's see here how it said. OK, so this is how long this this Smith cloud is, right? It's eleven thousand light years long and twenty five hundred light years across. So uh, <laughs> that means that if you were to measure it, if you're moving a light speed, it would take you eleven thousand years to go. From one end to the other, that's how long it is, so just just crazy big you know in the scale of our milky way i mean it's just it really is it's just crazy really cool article check it out a lot of cool pictures too um and thank you uh deep stuff for uh, sharing that online all right so now let's go into really what's (laughs) the crux of this episode okay uh so at the beginning of the episode i said uh, or i asked for you to think about what you think the most. Important thing is, if you're traveling through space on a spaceship, what's the most important thing that you got to have with you? Did you think of anything? You know, you might think food, uh, water. It's all good guesses. Power, yes. Um, but really, really, the most important thing if you're traveling through space is a space toilet. Let's be honest, Right? Uh, Gonna need to have to go somewhere You can't just have it Floating around with you That's not good That's not good for you So You need to have a space toilet And number one One that works But then I started thinking You know What What would it be like To go to the bathroom in space What would it be like To take a shit You know If like If you're sitting on the toilet Can you even sit on the toilet You know You're in anti-gravity So you're floating around if If you you know go take a fart, do you fly away these These are all questions that need to be asked you know before we go into space now we're not the first ones to ask this question, but it's the first time I've ever asked that question to myself, so did a little bit of research and <laughs> I want to share with you guys so number one most important thing let's let's address the fart issue, okay will you fly away if you try and go to the bathroom, and you fart. That's no good. You're coming off the seat. How are you gonna How are you gonna get it in? Well, there are actual foot restraints and straps. So, big news right there. So you gotta strap yourself in when you're taking a shit in space. Okay, that's number one. Uh, number two, um, big thing. So on Earth we use uh, water, obviously, to get rid of our uh, deposits, right? Uh, in space, instead of water, it's actually air. Air is actually what helps uh flow everything away. Um and basically what happens is your solid deposits get run through this kind of fan, gets chopped up, dehydrated, and then stored in bags so that they get returned later. Uh so kinda if you've seen the Martian, uh same idea. Uh those same kind of bags that they had in that toilet, it's the same idea. Now, as far as liquid deposits, there that's a different story. Um You know, throughout space travel, we've pretty much done it where the solids get dehydrated, put away, and saved, where the liquids were just, originally just ejected out the side of the the spacecraft. Actually, you you could see that in Apollo 13. Uh, They portrayed that there. Um, From what I understand, uh, the many of the Russian ships, and even the early American ships, all uh, ejected. Uh, liquid deposits out the side nowadays, especially on the i s s the uh, <laughs> the the modern way to take care of liquid deposits is to run it through a filter system and have it be reused as water on board because it 's a very limited resource and If you really want to talk about recycling, I mean this is the ultimate this is the pinnacle of recycling uh you know and it <laughs> these are the certain realities you have to face. Being a human being, living in space, in that kind of environment, okay? Water is so crucial that you have to re-drink your piss. That's how dedicated you have to be to that job. So, once again, if you had any hesitations or <laughs> any things, maybe some little things you were like, no, I really wouldn't want to do that, that might make you list. Um, but remember, they've been doing this already and they're fine. So, as gross as it may seem, it's working. Uh, and that'll be really valuable uh, for keeping you alive up there. I mean, if if we didn't depo- like if we didn't reuse and recycle our own liquid deposits, like there's a lot of water going to waste there. That you know we're we're actually taking advantage of. We're we're reclaiming that. It's um, so huge for survival. So that's awesome. Um, you know, the ISS currently has the most technologically advanced space toilet. Uh, and it's used, you know, by everyone. The basically, everyone was just like, okay, like this one works, so like we don't care. You made it, we'll just buy it from you. So that's that's huge. And actually, the Orion missions, uh, NASA's goal to go uh, past uh, cis lunar space and back to uh, ev- well, eventually to Mars, they're gonna have the newest version of the space toilet. So um, we'll 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 touch more on that later. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, apparently it's, it's like a a very difficult process. Well, there's actually training involved to use a space toilet in the future. Uh, or no, in your future, if you're an astronaut, (laughs) I'm just using words now. Uh, anyways, uh, when astronauts are training to go aboard the international space station, they actually have to learn, on they have to like have positional training. Uh, there's a video out there with uh, um, some future astronauts learning. I think it's STS 132 or 135. The video will be in this week's links. But uh, there's two different toilets. There's one that's just a, posi- a positional toilet. Doesn't run, so don't don't put any deposits in there. Uh, it's just so you can figure out your position, so that you know how to how to go because it goes it's a it's only a i think they said a four inch circle which is i guess compared to like what we're used to which is like 11 or 12 inches so your hole's getting smaller all right uh, and the the training one actually has um <laughs> a camera and a light so that you can actually tell your position um I, i'm not sure how uh how, how how you're training on the positional one but uh you know you, you, that's that's a team building experience you know you're going to learn a lot about everybody and you're going to be better at the end for it you know you really will uh you'll you'll come together as a team you'll know things about each other that most people don't know so so that's really good and then there's actually a running one uh that's actually right next to it so uh you you have to be potty trained for space basically is is uh is how it is and I, and that it's it's a thought I've had for a while, man. It's the more I've learned about this and the more I've learned about what it takes to be a human being, why so little? What is it, Why such a small percent of all human beings have ever been to space? It's really because you have to be optimized as a human being. You have to be... The training for it is immense. You know, it's like we're not supposed to be there we're not supposed to be in that environment so we're able to perform this crazy magic called science and engineering and and not only get ourselves up there but have a a floating space lab apartment that we go visit every once in a while and the roommates change every so often some people stay there for a few months in in you know recently we've got scott kelly and Mikhail kornienko who just passed 300 days up there so you know they go through all this training to get up there and you know uh, how many of us can say that we're like we're ready for that i i i really think you know this astronaut training that nasa and all the space agencies will do for their astronauts you know they've as long as this trend keeps continuing where they're going to be sending people into space it's their training is going to be the cornerstone of where it goes in the future you know cuz they they understand what it takes to get a human being from here to being able to operate and live in space um yeah it's mind blowing man uh the amount of work that goes into it you know you always know it's hard you know Everyone says, oh, you know, well, it doesn't take a rocket scientist. I, you know, I hear that all the time. Anyways, uh, you know, it, it is, it really is hard. It really is difficult. But whatever, I mean, that's that's how it is. And we'll, we'll see further down the line. I mean, I've only skimmed the subject on this, man. And, and hopefully in the future here, I hope to talk to some uh, former astronauts and really, you know, get into that process. Like, what what does it take to become a human that can go into space and can handle it? Um, yeah, super, super cool stuff. Oh, I almost forgot. Another thing, uh, there's this crazy effect that happens. Um, and it makes a lot of sense now that uh, I've read it, but apparently after launch... Um, your your entire system is in such shock or you've been rattled so much that everything got pushed down (laughs) and you have to use the bathroom, like, immediately. And, like, astronauts use, like, super absorbent adult diapers all the time. They use them for launches, they use it for landings, and they use it for spacewalks because you're not... (laughs) You can't just, you know... You can't just go. You can't just like open the door and be like, "Oh, I gotta use. It goes to the bathroom." This is it's gonna take forever. So, diapers in space are a necessity. That that is a reality. <laughs> so, on on your things to pack into space. Definitely. Well, number one, you gotta have your certificate to use a, sp- a space toilet. That's number one, right? Gotta have that. Number two, you gotta have space diapers. So there you go. So you already got your list started on what's gonna take to get up there. All right. Uh, and another thing jeez, forgetting all these space toilet facts uh, The space toilet is in fact unisex And uh, for the liquid deposits There's actually like a catch system <laughs> uh, That you use standing up uh, Yes, that's right Men and women have to uh, store liquid deposits Into the space toilet uh, Standing up uh, And they each have their own Basically funnel system uh, and again, same concept, air gets, make sure everything moves. Um, you know, and if you're worried about, um, really letting one rip while you're in there, uh, cause you just, you're having one of those deposits, you know, that's, that's okay because it's actually really noisy up there. So with all the fans and all the machinery working, uh, you, you can, you can let go, but realize it is only a curtain that stands between you and your crewmates, so... You know, courtesy flush. Courtesy air flush. Definitely worth it. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, man. Just just the idea, like... Uh, I, I saw the space toilet when I went to uh, the International... Uh, the Air and Space Museum. Down in uh, Washington, D.C. in the Capitol, And it's... Uh, that was probably my, my most favorite exhibit. The, the space toilet. Like, it's... It is... Like a man's achievement, (laughs) it's humankind's achievement to to make sure that we have a toilet that isn't some crazy like the space toilet could have been this crazy fucked up thing that you got to be like completely strapped into, and it, it could have been terrible, it could have been awful. Maybe we're lucky that it it operates like a regular toilet. Could you imagine how awful it would be if like just simulating a toilet? on earth was impossible and we'd have to do it some other way I don't even want to know the lengths that some some scientists would go to make sure our deposits are stored the right way alright I already have a few in my mind and it's unpleasant to say the least not good so thank goodness for the men and women who helped design the space toilet so that we feel a little bit at home while we're in space, okay? Without them, who knows what we'd have to do in space to uh to store a few uh deposits. Whether they're solid or liquid doesn't really matter. All right. <laughs> All right, that was very silly. I apologize. I mean, that is that is what we're going for here, but uh liquid and solid deposits. My god. Anyways, <laughs> that'll, uh, that'll settle it up for this week. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, had another f- great time with another episode. Thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode, episode 69 of the podcast. This was, uh, 68. Uh, it's, uh, it's really cool, man. It's, uh, we're past a year. And I'm just loving doing this every week. I I know you guys are. Thank you to all the uh, listeners. Welcome to all the new listeners. And uh, if you want to help support the podcast or the science that we're we're doing here, uh, that'll be coming out pretty soon. Promise. We'll have videos with 3D printing soon. Uh, All you got to do is go to this week's episode or the homepage at todayinspace.net forward slash home. And use the Amazon link when you do your, uh, shopping. You know, Valentine's Day is coming up, you know, you gotta get your, uh, your significant other something, uh, don't forget it, I've done it, it's not good, don't forget, um, so get them something, and use our link, and that way you're, you're killing two birds with one stone, man, you're getting, you're getting your, your loved one something, even if it's something simple, it's the, it's the, you remembered, right, you remembered, and you're helping support this podcast. So thank you for that. Thank you. Uh, and uh, and uh, that's it, guys. Like I said, Amazon kicks back a little bit of it to us for sending you there. And it's just a win-win. So uh, we'll have more in the future. We've got a lot of stuff. A lot, a So much stuff going on. Uh, just hopefully the schedule opens up a little bit more so I can get more done. Um, but uh, every day is another thing, man. And that's why all we're trying to do here is spread love and spread science and make sure that we all have a good time listening to a fun show. And that's about it, guys. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we'll see you next week for another episode of Today in Space. See you later.